0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Agenda. I'm your host, Titendo Musapatiki. And I'm so excited to be with you because we have still things to cover from 2023. And yes, it's my fault. I was negligent. I could have found an editor quicker. I didn't. I could have done this while traveling. I didn't. But we're making up for that in 2024 with a brand new and improved agenda. And I'm so glad you're here. So this is the one where we're gonna talk about Matthew Perry and Britney Spears. Okay, so unless you lived under a rock, which you may have, you could be listening to this very young. You could have been in some kind of cult or religious situation where you weren't able to consume any kind of pop culture. But Matthew Perry was... A quintessential important part of the 90s. Matthew Perry was an actor who is best known for his work on the sitcom Friends and unfortunately on October 28th he passed away. And Matthew Perry has had a very long career but he also has been very 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 ill with addiction. His addiction ran throughout the height of his fame in the 90s when he was on Friends. And many of the cast members and himself have recounted just how close to death he came because of his addiction to drugs and alcohol. And he really was a success story. Um, He was able to combat those demons. He became a huge, huge advocate for substance abuse um, care for mental health, for addiction awareness, for reducing the stigma, and said in his memoir that he wanted to be best known for how it is that he helped other people with addiction issues move through life. And so more so than his comedic and acting accolades, he very much so wanted to be known for being someone who helped others when they were in need. He has been remembered by most of his cast members or all of his cast members as someone who was extremely kind, extremely funny, very loyal, there when he wanted to be. And all of his friends' castmates seemed not just to be devastated, but, but truly dealing with the loss of a family member and someone who you could tell they really were rooting for success. And he got there at the end. Um, a few weeks after his passing, so I am recording this, going to tell you when i'm recording this but it's not 2024 yet um it was came out that he had suffered um from a cardiac arrest due to complications with ketamine which he was using to reduce his addiction now this is going to be the kind of podcast where we will never ever 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 stigmatize people for addiction whether it be alcohol drugs etc we do not we do not judge people for their addiction And we also do not completely judge people for their treatment options because there aren't that many. And before you're like, oh, you could be sober. Guess what? 10% of people who go through sobriety as a treatment for addiction fail, which means the other 90% are still addicted or dying. Like that is where we are with substance abuse help in America. So he had tried to use ketamine, low, low doses of ketamine to try and alleviate the symptoms of his addiction. And his body was already frail. He had overdosed many, many times. And so it seems that there were complications from that treatment, which is now, you know, causing more scrutiny on using ketamine as a treatment for people who have overdosed several times before because their hearts may not be strong enough to take that kind of intervention. So I went a little more political or health-wise than I ever wanted to. I'm not a doctor. Please talk to medical professionals. I'm just giving you my opinion as a very opinionated person who loves to gossip on what happened. um, But I want us as a community of responsible gossips to remember Matthew Perry as someone who was kind and helpful and generous and charitable with those suffering from the disease of addiction. And I don't want us to judge him at all. He was sick and he was not as sick at the end and the treatments he chose his body was just not able to sustain so it's just very very sad i i think many of us in the millennial age many even gen x we are dealing with the fact that we're getting older and it's hard to comprehend that someone we grew up with someone who was with us every day even though we didn't know them but he was with us every day on thursdays and then every single day that reruns of friends ran which was truly every day um So it's weird to think that one of them is not with us and gone at such a young age. So we love you, Matthew Perry. Please rest. Let's talk about Miss Brittany Jean Spears. Brittany released her autobiography on October 24th, 2023. And let me tell you, I had that bad boy in audiobook on October 24th, 2023. So as the media for the book was coming out, there were many narratives coming through. The biggest ones being revelations about Justin and the fact that they had an abortion. Well, she had an abortion. He didn't do anything. I take that back. He did do something he sang to her and the fact that he cheated first. But I think there's a lot more that we could talk about about this book that I help. I think frames the context in which I lived my entire adolescence a lot differently. And I would say I'm approaching this video with a little bit of guilt. Yes, I was 9 to 20 something as the contents of her book especially the fame parts were you know coming to light. So I didn't really know any better and yes, I was being fed a lot of the narratives that I believe, but I also feel ashamed of that, which is very interesting and I think maybe many of us are wrestling with. But I digress. Let's start at the beginning. So Many of the things and I am actually confused about how this didn't make it into the mainstream media, but we got to talk about Britney's youth, because I feel like we skipped over some of the wildest parts of the book, in my opinion. Um, First off, Britney grew up in a very tumultuous home. I want to start with point one. Her daddy has been an alcoholic and he never received treatment and he treated his family terribly due to his disease. He disappeared for days at a time. He was angry, sometimes he wasn't. And Brittany talks a lot about the fact that her father was the cause of a lot of strife and stress and anxiety in her house. She also talks about the fact that her father's side has a history of abusing women, a history of basically incarcerating women in sanatoriums against their will. It's wild. This happened to her grandmother. It happened to her stepmother, step grandmother. Her mother was a victim of Jamie's abuse. So there's a lot of it. Number two, Brittany's been drinking since she was 12 with her mother. There's a story that really disturbed me in the book about her mom letting Brittany drive home from the beach after a couple drinks at the age of 12. And I understand that there are different cultures and different people act different way in different cultures. But in the United States of America, I don't think 12 year olds under the influence should be driving cars with their parents in them. Or just driving cars, period. So that's something to consider. And I remember an incident, and Brittany talks about in the book when she was driving and her kids weren't strapped in the car. And she was like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. I now understand why she wouldn't think it's a big deal because she grew up like that. All the people in her community grew up like that. It seems, and it was just never that big of a deal. And what? How did these people get conservatorship over her? I'm not gonna judge the substance abuse, but I will judge not putting your babies in a car seat and letting your babies drive you. Like they can't even see over the steering wheel at ten. She's not that tall, or twelve, however old she was. She's not that tall. She's only five six. So. It's very, very concerning. All right. So those were like some of the highlights. One, father abusive in and out of the house. Two, no rules childhood. Uh, Three, she had a boyfriend who she was in love with in high school and lost her virginity to him, which becomes ironic later because the record labor forced her to pretend to be, you know, a virginal child so that people would buy her records. And looking back, it's kind of sick how much people cared. Why Why did we do this to her? Why was it a thing that people had to be virgins or have purity rings in order to create entertainment? That is strange. It's truly weird. And I cannot believe that we all did that. And I remember consuming it like, oh, Britney said, but I didn't think much of it. Like, who cares? I certainly didn't at 10 years old. I just liked the song and the video and the dance, you know, um, so that's all strange. All right. Next per- next piece. Let's move on to Justin because Justin, I loved him. I really did. All throughout, you know, my, my adolescence, my teens, parts of my 20s. And then he kind of started to fall off and like the shtick was getting a little old. He was married. Like, go be married with Jessica Biel. Go have your children. Take care of them. Whatever. And I understand he also was a teenager at the time, but the shit he got away with. We're not even talking about Janet. But the fact that we allowed that demon to villainize Britney as a cheating seductress and he made a whole album and marketed it on Britney being awful when he was out there prolifically cheating on her first, and frequently, and often. I don't really care if she cheated with more than Wade Robson and she's lying about that in the book. How dare he? Like truly so yes i of all the the revelations in the book one of them being the abortion which i don't really think we need to talk much about Brittany had an abortion when she got pregnant with justin's child they decided for their lives and careers that they would not have that child she i think regrets that decision i'm very happy that she's able to live in a country where she's able to regret a decision as opposed to having the state make that decision for her. And I do think it's strange that no one took her to the hospital and that Justin decided, oh, you, I'm gonna sing you a song, what? What? Yes, correct, he sang her a song while she was bleeding on the floor, allegedly, to the book, according to the book. However, it's the flagrant cheating and then making us feel like she was the problem that really gets me. His entire label, team, every single person behind Justin's album let this girl hang out to dry while she was the most heartbroken in order to make themselves some coins. It's disgusting. All right. Let's 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 move to Britney's mental health, all right? Because after the Justin breakup, she says she was depressed. She was heartbroken. She didn't know, you know... What to do next? She lost the love of her life, the person she thought she was gonna spend the rest of her life with. And that's a huge, a huge heartbreak. And we all are up in her faces. I rewatched the Diane Sawyer interview in the middle of listening to the audiobook, just to be fresh on what she was talking about. And you can tell she's very uncomfortable. She didn't really consent to doing this interview. Her team made her do it, and her team made her do it. That way everyone would think that she's a okay and fine. And She wasn't fine. She was heartbroken. She was hurt. And the fact that we had to force this I'm fine narrative, it's a shame. Um, But her mental health was declining. She says in the book, she's since a kid suffered from anxiety. And I don't think someone who suffers from anxiety, me being one, that having all of these cameras around while you're being heartbroken and having everyone chase you and having no privacy and then having Diane Sawyer in your home asking you a shit ton of just very invasive questions. It's good. It's not good. But then she falls in love and she finally, you know, thinks she's achieved her dream of having a husband and having her babies. She didn't pick the best husband. They get divorced soon enough, Kevin Federline. But it's clear looking back now that we now talk about mental health more that she says she had peripartum or not postpartum, but peripartum depression. She was unwell. And I can't even imagine someone who's going through that kind of depression, especially around, you know, childbirth and child rearing to have your kids taken away from you and then have cameras around the whole time. It's a shame. So somehow her father's able to leverage all of this severe mental health into becoming a conservator for Britney when he had not been around. He hadn't really been in her life. He hadn't been managing her affairs. Again, he had just been an alcoholic. I'm very confused as to how the state of California allows someone who's just been an alcoholic to manage someone else's affairs. Now, again, we don't stigmatize at all substance abuse it's an illness he was unwell but why are you letting someone who's unwell mentally manage the multi-million if not billion dollar affairs of someone even if it is their daughter i got questions about this conservatorship and there are plenty of other videos you can go watch about the conservatorship we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast go to tiktok there are many people who are tracking down abcdefg but i got some big questions chief among them who was paid Someone paid off that judge to let Jamie Spears be her conservator. Someone paid off her lawyer to make sure he didn't do his job lawyering. Someone was breaking the law to track all of her movements and all of her communications. And I want to know who all was paid off and with whose money. I want to know who signed off on it. I want to know everyone involved because there's no way that you can convince me that this was just a mishap of the law. It's just convenient that a multi-million dollar star was placed into a conservatorship that forced her to work, which by nature of her working says that she should not be in a conservatorship based on the definition of why someone would be under a conservator. They're not unable to manage their affairs. So if they're able to work and bring in hundreds, if not billions of dollars, not only to themselves, but certainly billions of dollars pumped into the national, if not global economy. Why were they under conservatorship? who got paid to make it that way i will come back and talk about this more once we have answers i'm not gonna really do deep dives on every single movement of the conservatorship because y'all are just trying not to be boring you're trying to manage your time and i'm going to try and do that with you um but goddamn! all right so next piece quickly while we're all talking about it is britney's freedom i'm so happy that Britney has her freedom. But I'm very disturbed about the discourse about her freedom because it seems to be that we want Britney to be free with conditions. We have, she has written a whole book about how she's unwell, about how she's trying to heal, about how she was abused by her family, by the California court system, by the people managing her career. And we all think that she's gonna be putting out normal social media content. Homegirl barely finished school. Homegirl had an education in the entertainment industry. She then was locked up in a sanatorium, basically, against her will for weeks at a time. What about that experience makes you think that she is with it? She doesn't know how we all use social media. She's still catching up on how to have relationships with people. I don't even mean like romantic ones. I mean friendships. She was denied the ability to have friendships without supervision. She was denied the ability to parent without supervision. She was denied the ability to socialize, to network without supervision and control. So yeah, she's gonna go a little weird and crazy on Instagram and just because it's weird and crazy doesn't mean that it needs to stop. She's a free person. Part of being free means that you can do whatever you want even if it does mean perhaps embarrassing yourself, perhaps doing things that are out of lockstep with what we would consider normal. And that's okay. She gets to be a little weird. She gets to be a little weird on the internet and we're all going to support her because if we truly believe in freedom, if we truly believe that she should be able to be free of control, that means she's going to have to fuck up and she's probably going to do it publicly because we're all watching. Not because she asked us to, but because we've been doing it for the last, what, 30 years for me? So everyone lay off Britney. I feel... Several things. I, one, would like to take this moment to apologize to the Leave Britney Alone person. I made fun of you. And I deeply regret it. You were right at one. Um, second is if Michelle Williams recorded the audiobook, and it is one of the most impressive things I've ever heard, she should be nominated for a Grammy or whatever else award she could possibly be nominated for for recording an audiobook. It's fantastic. It is so well done. And if you read the book, Highly recommend listening to the audio recording. The way that Michelle becomes Britney in her voice, it's, as someone who's watched many, 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 many Britney interviews, it sounds just like her at certain points. It's uncanny and kind of unnerving how powerful an audio performance can be. So that's that's my other, you know, prevailing thought about the book. The next one is that I hope that this book is able to make us think a lot more critically about how it is that we ingest, digest, and rationalize what happens in our pop culture, because I know it's made me think a lot about how I talk about things, how I think about things, how I view women, the narratives that are being played out, and maybe it's because I have the time and think deeply about these things, but I learned a lot from Miss, Miss Brittany Jean and how it is that we treated her. And yes, I was a child. I'm not responsible for playing into some of these tropes, but I sure as shit, I'm not going to forward that along to the next crop of girlies. So, Brittany Jean, I'm proud of you. Keep posting whatever the hell you want. I'm really glad I paid $14.99 or whatever it was for the audiobook. That way she can make back some of the money that her family clearly stole from her. And I hope you all listen to the audiobook. I hope you purchase it or listen to it because it really is... It's just so good, but it also sounds like her. It's not written in some kind of highfalutin way. It seems, it feels organic. It feels organic. It listened organic and it was very, very thought provoking. We loved it. All right, guys, that's our agenda snippet for today. We went on a little bit of a rewind, but that's okay. We needed to, we needed to stick together, go on the rewind and talk about some things that were really, really important. And I hope you enjoyed this. Please. Give us a follow. Hit subscribe on the YouTube if you're still here. Please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on the Tiki Talkies, on the Instagrams. We're everywhere. Hello, the Tagenda is trying to be worldwide. And on any of those platforms, I would really love to start doing advice. So if you got a question, a social question, pop culture question, you didn't act right and you're trying to figure out how exactly to come back from that, shoot me a DM. I'd love to talk about it and I'd love to help you, please. All right, XOXO, bye.